Welcome in to a very special episode of Prospects Worldwide. Don't think just because the season's coming to a close soon, we'll be shutting down the doors. We always say that we have a ton of good works in the pipeline, and today is proof. Today I'm joined by the owner of Prospects Worldwide, Jake Tillinghast, and we are proud to bring you the top 75 high school prospects for the 2021 MLB Draft. Many of these names will hear their names called early in next year's draft, and you get to hear their names a little early. We'll touch on a few guys that we think are the most important for you to be introduced to. So Jake, let's break this down right now because we've got a huge list. As always, I'm John Giles, and this is Prospects Worldwide. Jake, I already did the intro. There's no point in continuing on right now. Let's dive right into it. The top 75 high schoolers coming into the draft. What made you want to do this today? Ever since the draft ended last season, I've just been kind of, you know, grinding the season. That's the next season up. It's the next draft up, the next class. And if you wait, you're going to be behind. So, I mean, no real reason to wait. You got to get after it. And I've been after it for, I don't know, like I said, four months now. So it's about time to get a list out. Taking some time, but got enough reports, got enough looks and ready to put a list out. So I'm curious, you're doing all these reports. Are you doing these off of, you know, last year video, last year scouting? Do you have anything new coming over the last like six, seven months? Yeah. So pretty much I've been out a few tournaments, a few showcases, just obviously local that I've been able to some in Arizona, some just that I've been around in California. But so yeah, just kind of keep in touch with my contacts and just kind of, you know, as I see stuff, maybe go up on, come up online. Maybe I'll kind of keep in touch with a few players and stuff that I've been in contact with and on Twitter. It's kind of get some updates on how they're doing, how they're progressing and, just all that and just kind of use that to my advantage and see what I can use to kind of get the best ranks out and just kind of project them moving forward. Cause I mean, like you said, this is a tough year. A lot of stuff, a lot of times you're going to go off of last year. Cause some players just haven't really shown up at a lot of showcases and stuff this off season due to COVID and all that. So they've been kind of just low key. And for that reason, maybe maybe either falling down the board or just haven't really gotten the next look. So this will kind of take some, take a care of that today. Sure. Yeah. Now, now, I will say 75 is a lot of guys, so I don't want to do our listeners a disservice and just bounce through one, two, three, four, five. So let's do, I want you to pick some key guys, and obviously, number one should be the most key guy. Who is the number one 2021 MLB draft high school prospect? Without question, it's Jordan Lawler. Uh, he's shown, he's proven throughout the summer, he's the number one guy. He's got all the tools you look for, quite frankly. He's one of the few guys in the class that can kind of show that five tool potential. He's got it all. The only real question is the power. And if that power shows up, like it has kind of throughout the summer a little bit, it's been kind of spotty, but there's times where he shows it. And if it pops up loud, he's, he's a, he's an easy top five pick in my opinion. I think he's kind of at four or five range, but if he kind of shows that power more consistently, he's going to be in that consideration for one, one. Now you got on your big board, uh, 60 field, 55 arm, big tools all the way around. He's a shortstop right now. He's going to be a shortstop going to Vanderbilt. Will he be a shortstop in the major leagues? Yeah, I think he'll be a shortstop long term. I think he shows he shows the athleticism. Just the game kind of just comes natural to him out there. Quite frankly, he's just all around just a great player, and I think he's natural enough out there. He's a little old for high school. He's going to be almost nineteen by the time of a, on draft day. But I think I think the package is just too good to pass up at the height of the draft. Sure, and he's going to the marquee program that is going to make him jump to one one, even if he wasn't already. So. Uh, he's a good position. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, who who else here? Is there anyone else in the top five that you're really looking forward to seeing? Yeah, I mean, just kind of the, the best pitcher in the class is no question. He's at number four on my board, um, Andrew Painter. It's like I said, no question. He's a number one pitcher. 
And I mean, you just look at the kid, he's six foot seven, just broad shoulders, just a big kid, but he's athletic. He's, he can command his stuff very well. He's got a fastball, curveball, slider, changeup mix. He's got a four pitch mix that he commands very well. I have him as a 55 command future and it could even possibly tick up in the sixties, but I'd like to see him kind of get in the pro ball first, but the fastball can be a 70 with his projection. He's already touching 96 and has average to above average RPMs. And it, like I said, the command plays up. So the breaking balls are great. The slider is a little better than the curveball, in my opinion, but it grazes plus and the curveball is a 55. So, I mean, when your worst pitch is a 55 curveball, you're you're looking great and you got that command to go with it. The changeup could rival the slider as his best off-speed pitch, but I'll probably give it the slider right now. It's a little more consistent, but the changeup's really nasty on lefties and righties. He's only 18 right now. He is committed to Florida. I don't really want to play the game of is he going to go, is he not going to go, because that's probably farther down the line. I don't think many of us are going to know much at all. If you do know, obviously, please feel free to say, but let's ignore Florida commitment how high of a prospect is he going to be? You know, 70 fastball, 55 on all of his pitches, 55 command. This is an elite, elite pitcher. What is he comparatively uh, in the major leagues? Well, it's tough to say his future. Like, it's, he's so young, but just kind of just reminding me of a guy last year in the draft, just Mick Abel, how he just has that four-pitch mix, just that above – or just kind of that just feel for pitching at a young age that you don't really see. And he's a, he's a, even bigger than Abel was, so there's a little more projection there, even though Abel's body was – very very thin so he has a lot of projection in the frame but i mean painter still has that too a little bit he's still a big kid but he's got that and i think he's going to be in that consideration for about that 10th to 15th overall selection he has consideration possibly to jump a tad more but i think 10 is probably his ceiling right now with the college arms we got this year but i think he's going to be right up there he's no doubt going to be not he won't be available past 15 there's no question wow that's uh, mick abel's a <laughs> it's a good comparison mick abel did fall down the boards but there was a lot of talk of him being a top 10 pitcher in the draft so painter has some work cut out for him to meet that expectation but you're right i can see by the tools i can see him meeting and exceeding those expectations um i want to move quickly here like i said we got a lot of players is there anyone else in the top 10 maybe that you still want to spotlight i want to try to see how far we can go in the 75 yeah, the last one I want to touch on is just he's at number nine, Harry Ford, and he's moved up quite a bit. I didn't have him. I probably had him about the 20, 25 range, but I was still very high on him. I think I was one to one kind of banging the one or the Harry Ford drums all all kind of summer. But ever since this PG National, his stuff looked kicked up. His power looked improved. He's he's hit, I think, like 10 home runs now this offseason, and that's in the summer. So, I mean, he's showing consistent power against good pitching. And he obviously hit that one in the classic that everyone got excited about, and now he's flying everyone else's board as well. But yeah, I mean, when you got a guy with 60 speed, 60 arm, and above average to potential plus defense back there with the plus athleticism, and like I said, the, the power that's a 55 as well, if the hit tool can tick up, I mean, you're looking at JT Real Muto, and for any kind of catcher or any player, quite frankly, if you're getting compared to the best player in that position, that's exciting. Well, JT has all the tools. JT has that hit tool. And right now, I'm looking at your big board, and it looks like you've got him with a 45 hit. And that's just that's lower than average. I know you're saying if the hit tool comes around, he'll become JT Riamuto. But if he's only a 45, is that enough? I mean, he does have the fielding. He does have the power. Is it enough to really, truly be a top 10 high school player? Yeah, 100%. I mean, when you're looking at the draft, catcher is the first position, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's tough to project high school catching, but you go after catching in the draft. Every organization does. If you need good catching, championship catching, that's the way you kind of start teams. If you look at any team, they draft catching. Yeah, maybe not so high in a draft, but you also don't see many catchers with tool sets like this that come around very often. And even if he doesn't get that hit tool, 
I think he can reach the 50 hit tool at times, but I do have the 45 right now because he has like a lower hand setup and he does struggle at times to reach a high fastball, but the quick hands and just overall hit ability does take over at times, but I want to see against against just kind of better competition. But I mean, the worst case, or not, or not worst case, I guess the floor comp of him would be like a Dalton Bar show. So, I mean, sure. in yeah. the middle of a bar show in a real Muto. But I think, I mean, yeah, it's AI might be rich, but I think he has a potential, quite frankly. he's He's got it all. I just you just need to see a little more. It's, it's been quick, but he's got the talent. He also kind of reminds me of like a Dylan Dingler. Mm-hmm. That, that, and yeah, that's, they're all kind of similar players, yeah, yeah, for sure. And Dingler was a relative consensus first-round pick last year. So this kid, 18 years old, already kind of having similar tools. Uh you're right. I, I can start coming around to it. You said the Dalton Varsho comp, and it really kind of triggered that in me. You're right, that speed, that power, that that fielding, it could come together pretty nicely for him. And I'm curious. I know I said I wanted to push through the top 75, but I want to take a back step here because I'm, I'm surprised you skipped over someone. Uh, number five on your big board is a guy, James Wood, who I look at his tools and I start to salivate. Tell me about James Wood. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of the most exciting players in the draft. I've been pretty excited about him as well a whole offseason. He's been one of the quick flyers. He wasn't – I mean, he was on everyone's board for the most part, but he wasn't ranked this high by any means over the last maybe three months even. He just kind of had a two-week, three-week stretch where he just kind of – pretty much every ball he hit went 450 feet, and it was just a sight to see, quite frankly. He's a damn good hitter. He's got – Quick hands for a six foot six kid. He stays extremely short to the ball. I haven't really honestly seen a hitter his size and his age be able to do that kind of just just have that ability, quite frankly, just to kind of stay short and just kind of just touch every ball in the strike zone. He's able he's able to touch the inside pitch, the outside pitch. He is a bit passive in games, which has me not concerned, but I think he needs to kind of just kind of let it loose at times. Like he 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 kind of takes some pitches where I feel like he could drive. Um, he does have good OBP, so I'm not going to knock him for it, but he does strike out a bit too because of it. It's kind of like he just gets deep in counts, so he walks and Ks a lot of the time because of it. But he does, again, he, he will hit, he, and if he makes contact, he has good hitability and he has great power. So, I mean, just my comp on him, I mean, when you got six foot six and 230 and you got 60 speed, shows the ability to play center field. Likely will be a corner outfielder, though, but the whole tool set literally just screams Aaron Judge to you. Ooh. And like you said, that's that's just exciting in itself. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's no doubt, like you said, he's one of the most exciting players. And he just jumps out at you at the moment you see his tools, his size, and then you look at how is this guy running at 60 speed? And you look at him, you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's running 60 speed. <laughs> but he will slow down a little bit as he kind of grows, not even grows in his frame, just kind of just gets older and just kind of develops a little bit. Sure. I, uh, I saw that 6'6", six, six, I saw that 70 raw power, and I just go, we got to talk about this guy. And the fact that you bring an Aaron Judge comp to the table, of course, James Wood is a new favorite of mine. Uh, let's go. Let's keep going, though. Let's. Uh, you had Harry Ford last. Uh, that was number nine on your list. Let's see if we can jump into those You know, past top ten. Who immediately after that top ten should we be spotlighting here? Um. Yeah, I mean, right after, like you said, right after number 10, I have at 11, Josh Baez. He's, in my opinion, one of the more exciting players in the class. He's got, I mean, just to start off, he's not going to be even 18 by by the um, by draft day. He's the youngest player to this point on the board. And quite frankly, he's the youngest player up until about pick 30. So he's, or about pick 25. He's, he's crazy talented and he's got all the tools you look at. And again, he's one of those players you look at James or James Wood, you look at Baez and they have pretty similar skill sets, a little different, but they're just extremely loud and 
I mean, he's likely corner outfielder as well. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Johannes Cespedes in a way, or even like a Marcelo Zuna before his kind of arm just went <laughs> to whatever that happened with. But before that, I mean, Azuna was, I mean, Azuna was a heck of a good hitter this year. I mean, but they all, even the defensive side, he was fairly good and he had a decent arm. He was throwing out some runners, but his arm now is weak. But Baez shows that potential and his power is as good as any in the class. Yeah, and for a Vandy commit, he's going to have to go high in the draft because if he doesn't, he can look at himself as, hey, I can go to Vandy for three years and I'm very likely going to be a top 10, 15 selection as long as I stay healthy and produce because I have the skill set. The one thing you worry about with him is if the body's kind of maxed out at this point, it's six foot three, two twenty, and it's pretty built for a seventeen or almost eighteen year old. But yeah, he's got all the talent, quite frankly. I'm I'm excited to see what he has. Well, his hit tool might not be where the guy I'm about to say, but I feel like he almost has more power and and the good all around game. He reminds me of a kind of a stronger Zach Veen. And Zach Veen is a home run machine and he's gonna be a home run machine in, in Colorado. And am I crazy saying that? Um, yeah, a little bit, but <laughs> I can take it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he definitely has that kind of healing and potential. I mean, like I said, he's young. He's got that just, he's got that power. He's got that speed potential. He's a 60, 55 runner. So, I mean, he's got the arm as I have him as a 70 arm. He's got a good, a good defensive ability with a 55. He's got all the tools. I think, I think the Veen's a little high, but like you said, it's not that far off, honestly. Though. Like I probably, I probably jumped at it, but it's not that far off. He's he's got that healing for sure. Okay, well, I, I like I like Baez a lot here. Then um, I want to move down the board. I want you to give me. We've only talked about one pitcher so far. Give me another pitcher we should be excited about. Say in the top twenty or so. Yeah, this one was another one that just kind of jumped up on me. I've been excited about him, but I wasn't this excited about him until I kind of saw his full stuff at the uh, PG Classic. I I've been kind of had an eye on him. He has great stuff. I didn't see the stuff this great before. I mean, I've seen it this good, but his stuff was just flat out electric. I had him about 50, 55 range. He's just, quite frankly, he's got all the stuff. And it's a, probably a name that no one's really thinking about to be at this high. And it's Eric Hammond. He's, like I said, at the, NAS, or at the, at the Classic. He had, in my opinion, the best looking stuff and just kicked the consistent stuff. He was dropping in three consistent pitches. He didn't really use his slider too often because he didn't face too many righties. He faced two lefties and a righty. And he, I know he struck out two of the lefties. And I'm pretty sure he struck out the righty. And I'm pretty sure the righty he faced was Baez, who we just talked about. And he threw two filthy changeups, just right on right changeups that he had complete trust in and just faith in that he dropped in. And Baez looked pretty bad on, I'll be honest. And just from that point forward, I was just kind of sold on him. And the stuff's electric. Like I said, he's 6'4", 175, so he's got a ton of projection. He's 92, 94, touches 95. The arm speed is some of the best in the class, quite frankly. It's just he's going to be touching mid-90s to mid-upper 90s in the next year or two. And that's what I'm kind of bank- not really banking on, but it's just a lot of this projection here. And he's already got the stuff. And he has that kind of like hesitation in his delivery a little bit, like kind of like a grinky a bit. Mm-hmm. And just kind of he says it kind of just – lets himself gather and just kind of just lets everything kind of come together and then just kind of explode through it. And it clearly works for him. So um, he's one, in my opinion, he might have the most upside in the class. It's just high school ready. It's definitely a risk, but there's as much upside here as any in the class. Yeah. And I like uh, pitchers that kind of have that last second surge up the board. They're in the middle of their prime development right now. Now, granted this year is a weird year for prime development. But we should still be able to see these guys in you know the 2021 spring season. So, 
I do want to. I want to move out of the top twenty. Start getting into those guys that a lot of people aren't going to be really aware of. But I think if you're familiar with the draft, you might know these top ten names. Let's go into some of the more obscure ones outside the top twenty. I just stumbled across a guy that you have on your board. He's got pitching. To, he's got hitting tools, and he's got a little pitching tools. Maybe a two way guy. Tell me about this guy, Braden Montgomery. Yeah, Braden's really fun, and I'll just start by saying he's probably got some of the best makeup in the class. Just just by everything you just kind of look at this kid, he's got it all. I mean, he's a great kid. He's really respectful and all that. He's just talks really highly on his teammate. Just everyone that kind of just comes his way, he's very respectful, very, very respectful with. And just in general, just I'm a big fan of the kid in general. He's going to Stanford. That'll kind of just tell you a little bit about him. He's extremely smart. He's a switch hitter. Like you said, he's a two-way player. He's kind of been picking up lately as a two-way player. He's more of an outfielder, but lately he's just been not focusing on the pitching, but you can tell he's putting a lot more time into the pitching aspect of his game and it's starting to pay off. I mean, he's touching 95 and he's probably not going to, in my opinion, probably not going to be a pitcher long-term, but I think he has potential to kind of just flash that if needed kind of thing. If, if everything kind of fails, he'll probably just, Hey, let's see what you got on the mound. But I, I do think he'll just kind of be drafted as a one-way guy. I think he'll kind of be drafted as a, as an offensive force, but like I said, he's a fun player. I kind of have a little comp on him. Kind of back in high school, I played against the guy, so I kind of remember what he was just destroying my high school team and all. But Aaron Hicks in high school was kind of similar to Braden Montgomery. Just he he had a bit more power than uh, Montgomery did, so that's the one difference here. But just from the arm and just kind of just athleticism. I mean, his speed isn't there. He's a forty-five speed, but the athleticism plays better than his speed, in my opinion. Just see overall, just if people remember Aaron Hicks back in high school, it just reminds me a lot of what he was able to do. Obviously, Hicks didn't turn out to be a pitcher, and I don't think Braden will as well, as well. but with that arm, it's Hicks, Hicks might have an 80 arm, but Braden has the potential to get there as well. Hicks and or, uh, Montgomery's arm is a thing to watch, and he's a great hitter as well. He's, he's a, like I said, a switch hitter, and he's got a lot of tools at the plate and a lot of tools in the field. He's a fun player, and he, he even has the ability to play the infield too. So nice. find a spot for this guy, and he'll make it work. Hey, you find a guy who can take over the game at multiple levels, and that's a that's an incredible find. And we have him here, what, 24th on your big board. But there's a guy right behind him at 25, Edwin Arroyo. He seems pretty intriguing. He, he's likely just going to be a shortstop. What do you have on him? Yeah, I've said it a few times like about exciting players in the draft, and this is one of my favorite players and just the one I'm just super curious about because every time I see him, he just – absolutely crushes and obviously i don't get to see him a lot he's from puerto rico but edwin arroyo is you don't go out to puerto rico every saturday no i mean every maybe wednesday or thursday but not every saturday no and he's he's, he seems to be here on saturday that's smart (laughs) yeah but i mean yeah just back to arroyo i mean the kids got it all he's a switch hitter he throws with both arms at that he can touch 90 with both arms at that like 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 we said he's not going to be a pitcher but if all fails you got something um we'll just leave it at that but offensively and what you're going to be drafting this kid as ability to stick a shortstop with a 60 field and a 60 arm and quite frankly that could even move up to a 70 arm in the long run i could see it no doubt um the plus speed's gonna stay in my opinion this kid's young he's gonna be one of the younger kids in the class at draft day he's got power potential he shows pull power from both sides he even shows great hit ability with both sides the left side's a bit more more consistent in my opinion um but just honestly, like this kid's got all the talent. He's like I said, everything's going to stick with this kid. I don't see a lot of the athleticism kind of dropping like you do a lot of these young kids that just kind of grow and just kind of grow in their body. This kid's strong and he's young, but he's 
I mean, there's even room for him to fly up this list even more, to be honest. Like, teams are going to look at this kid and just fall in love. Like, there's so many things you can – he can move the outfield even if he needed to, but I think he sticks at shortstop and just has that athleticism. And he, he won't be ever, like, a gold glover at shortstop, but he's going to be a consistent fielder at shortstop, and I'm a big fan of Arroyo. So, random question here. He throws with both arms. As a shortstop, that probably is never going to come to help him. Outside of parlor tricks and just proving uh, that he's just an uber-athlete, what does that give you? Um, obviously, the shortstop position, not a ton. It just kind of, one, proves some athleticism. It obviously, like I said, if all fails, you can try it on the mound. I mean, that's just kind of like a backup plan. You're not really drafting backup plans at 24th high school kind of prospect, but or 25. But, yeah, I mean, it's... It's not something that's obviously going to help him on the field, but if you think about it, he's obviously worked out both arms. They're both consistently strong arms, and he's a switch hitter. So he always how he always has that lead arm as not, I guess, a weaker arm in a way. He always has that kind of consistently forced, just leading the charge in a way with a swing. But that's one point I guess I can point to. It's not really a super big point, but well, that's one aspect I guess you can point to. It is true that, like, I mean, it – proves that athleticism and I mean you can see the athleticism when he plays but the fact that he has this absurdity <laughs> like he reminds me of uh, uh Anthony Siegler where he could throw with both arms and and all that did was just prove how elite of an athlete he was and we got the same kind of thing mm-hmm. here with Arroyo yeah no doubt is there anyone else in let's call it the top 30 that we want to hit before we move on to kind of that back half uh, yeah, I'll just touch on him real quick. And I know um, Renzi on our side would be upset if I didn't touch on him because we were just both elated with Irving Carter. He's he's just extremely fun to watch. He's one of those pitchers that just throws you a bunch of different looks with leg kicks, just timing, just just nastiness on the mound, just looks mean. He just gets up there and just wants to literally just own every hitter he faces. And he doesn't care who's up there, if it's the best hitter in the country or you're four foot one and you don't have a bat in your hand. He's going to go up there and give you his best stuff. It doesn't matter. He's one of my favorite pitchers just to watch go after it. And he's got pretty damn good stuff as well. He's got a 60 fastball and a 60 slider. And he's got a split change that is freaking nasty. I have it as a 55, but it could even potentially move into a 60 in the future. And he has potential to see three plus, uh, three plus pitches. And he shows good command as well. I have it as a 55, and I'm I'm just sold on this kid. I think there's room for him to grow up as well, or fly up the list a little bit as well. Irving Carter. And quick uh, quick touch, quick touch. Him and uh, Andrew Painter, high school teammates. Good luck to your uh, division. Oh, uh, at Calvary Christian Academy. Oh, my goodness. Two guys in the top 30 <laughs> pitching in the same staff. Oh, that is oh, – that, that, that makes me hurt for everyone else in that division. Uh, I'm looking at his numbers right now on perfect game, and uh, his 94-mile-an-hour fastball is the 99.3 percentile in his class. He, As he grows, as he possibly goes to Miami, possibly goes to a major league affiliate, uh, that 6'4 frame is going to help him turn that 94 into probably something a lot higher, and he's going to be someone to, to be very exciting to watch. So, Yeah. And that, like, just like kind of the arm action a little bit reminds me a bit of uh, like Giolito. I'm not saying he's the same as Giolito, but just the arm action a bit reminds me of him. Mean, he's just a tough AB just in general. And that's that splitter, in my opinion, is just like I always say, I love splitters, but this guy's got a good one. So, so Irving was at 29. I'm not sure if this guy's necessarily on your talking points list, but I want to bring someone real quick. 32, possibly the coolest name I have in this draft here, Gage Jump. That's a cool ass name. I want you to tell me about him. Oh, he's definitely on my talking point because he's a local kid for me and he's one I've seen quite a bit. 
Um, I'm sold on this kid. A lot of people will see the size on a lefty and they'll be like, why do you have a 5'11 lefty at this high in the draft? Whatever, whatever. I don't care really. I mean, size is one thing at pitchers, yeah, but when you got a guy that uses that at size and that frame to his pretty much to his advantage, he gets extremely great extension on his fastball and just all his pitches in general. His fastball plays up. It's one of the better fastballs in the class. Just from a metric standpoint, it's not going to light up the radar gun like some other guys will. Some guys we haven't touched on that touch 80, 98, 100 even in the class. But um, he's going to be in that 93, 95 range, and he's got a pretty good curveball. It kind of shows that 2-7 to seven shape. And then just that fastball, again, just at the top of the zone is just so tough on hitters. It just He hides it very well. That extension plays up in that reach and the, just him playing low. If you think about it, he gets great extension on his fastball and he has a smaller frame. So he's low to the ground and he's getting that low, or that even lower extension. So that ball even has a greater rising effect than most guys would than say even like an Andrew Painter who's six foot seven. This guy's eight inches lower to the ground than he is. So that ball is rising up to the top of the zone at even a greater rate than it seems to the hitter. So that fastball is one of the better pitches in the draft. And that's not the only reason why I have him up here. He has pretty decent command at times. It kind of goes spotty with him, but his changeup shows well. And the same with his curveball. I'm, I'm sold on jump and he's young too. He's only going to be 18 at the uh, start of the draft. Well, with a name like Gage Jump, I know you just talked about his tools and his numbers and his abilities, but I'm stuck on the name, man. That guy's an all-star. <laughs> that guy's an all-star. He he's gets my vote every single year. And actually, curiously enough, there's a guy right underneath him a couple spots that already has a name that's a famous major leaguer. Let's talk about Max Muncy. Yeah, he plays for the Dodgers. He's an infielder. Um, no, this this Muncy is a bit different player. He's a right-hander, shortstop, a different profile. He's a hit-over-power guy, but that power I have is a great as a 45-plus. But the thing about him is, man, he has one of the best approaches in the class, in my opinion, and it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. And when you have a pro, an approach like him, when you're able to just drive the ball to all fields, he's not the biggest kid, but – I mean, he's not small either. He's, he's six foot one, but he just he's one seventy. You kind of look at him and you don't think he's six foot one, but he is. He's a decent size, and then he has kind of just power that stinks up on you to all fields too. And like, quite frankly, he even shows to the opposite field almost at times better than the pull side. He's just I'll go back to it. The, just the approach is just not something you kind of see in high school very often. It's kind of just that advanced approach, and he has that really very very strong hit tool and just that ability to just kind of just stay short and stay compact and find barrels gap to gap line to line finds a power just quick trigger he's a good athlete he probably sticks his short side long term but i could see him have to move off at some point the range is fine everything is just kind of fine and a slightly above average but i could see a team just kind of having a better defender and moving him off to kind of just let him focus on that offensive game but he has the tools and if he may start arkansas i can see him becoming a Honestly, a top pick in the draft. Not, not not number one, but he could be a top 15 pick in the draft. But I'm not sure he gets to Arkansas. I think he's going to go pretty high in, the, high in this draft as well. Yeah. So so he is from Thousand Oaks High School in California. And the name. Yeah, looked, it's a few. Uh, oh, I'll yeah, no, I was just going to say Sorry, the, the name looked familiar <laughs> to me because it looks like a lot of uh, several major leaguers came out of there, including shortstop Jack Wilson. He was an all star back in 2004 for the Braves. So maybe he can kind of follow in his footsteps and become that uh, all star shortstop. Yeah, and actually, he's got two guys right here in my top 75, and they also have another guy who didn't make the 75, but he's a very good hitter as well. I'm just not sure where he fits defensively, and he kind of had a uh, shoulder injury. His name is Rock Riggio. All three of those guys are teammates, and Riggio will probably fit into the top 100. Just Obviously, we cut it off here at about 75, but he has one of the best metrics in the class, quite frankly, from the left side. He has just great power. He's a smaller kid at 5'9", but... He kind of has that just rock or not rock Reggio. I'm just kind of going off board here, but he kind of has that Willie Calhoun kind of vibe to him. Just that 
his hit ability at a smaller rate just kind of finds power as well. So he's a fun one to kind of follow. Sure. I like looking back at the old high schools and kind of see like what all-stars came out of there previously, just to have that kind of like following in the footsteps kind of thought process. But let's, Mm -hmm. let's move on past Muncie. Uh, There's a guy that you've highlighted that I, you know, I've kind of read through a lot of these scouting reports as you, as you took them. And I got kind of stuck by this one because you, you have a major league comparison to Rich Hill on this next guy, William Cohn, nicknamed Pico. I love Rich Hill as a pitcher. I think he is an electric he doesn't have a fastball that's worth really much of anything, but the curve is incredible. What about Cone? Is that kind of what that comp is? Yeah, he doesn't obviously have the 70, 80 grade curveball that kind of Rich Hill shows where he can just throw that thing every freaking pitch and you're not going to touch it. But that's the comp I have on him because he, he relies on it a lot. He's not going to throw it obviously as much as Rich Hill, but his fastball is kind of developing still a little bit. He's, a, he's got a big frame. He's six foot five. This is kind of another guy quickly he reminds me of a bit. It's kind of Reed Detmers just from last class. Just again, the size is different than Detmers. The control's a little bit off than Detmers was. And it's a little different comp, obviously, than Detmers, but it kind of just reminds me of that curveball from last class. And I think it has potential to even potentially be a better curveball in the long run than than Detmers. This thing is filthy. It's the best breaking ball for a left hander in the class, and it rivals honestly any breaking ball in the class. I'm or at least the high school the high school class. I won't speak on the college class yet because we're not talking about them, but in the high school class, this this pitch is honestly unhittable. He just dominates in Alabama. There's not much hitters can do out there. And he's kind of just playing with kids that really can't touch him. I mean, quite frankly, he just goes out there and just throws his fastball curveball. And he's got a developing changeup. But if that changeup ever comes around or he just kind of finds that even a little bit better take on his fastball where he kind of touched sitting 93-95 off of his kind of 88-90 right now where he tops 92, this is going to be one of the better arms and. If he does go to college, we could be looking at him as another top of the draft guy, whereas when his stuff kind of fully develops and he kind of goes through an SEC season at Mississippi State, but I'm not sure he makes it there as well. It, it, it's going to be tough, but you never know with these guys sometimes. Sure. I mean, got, uh, so many of these major league teams are just going to be shelling out cash for these guys. You're saying we got a future Rich Hill. Now, Rich Hill was sidelined with injuries for such a long time. If we can get a Rich Hill without injuries, I take him all day, every day. Let's go – out of this top 40 now. Well, Cone was just at 39. Let's break out, break out, go past the top 40. Who outside of the top 40 now should we be looking at? Yeah, number 43, I just mentioned him when we we're talking about Max Muncy, his teammate, but right. we'll go right to Charlie guy. Song. Yep, uh, he's a great catcher, quite frankly. he's He has some potential to kind of jump up a little bit too. He's young. He's one of the younger catchers in the class. He's got pretty good power. I think he's a bit uh, power over kit guy. He's got a developing bat. It's kind of that kind of wait and see thing it's it's showing up loud to the pull side a bit at times but there's just some kind of inconsistencies but just on the defensive side he's one of the better just catchers in the class quite frankly he's got a strong arm consistent i have it at 55 arm but i'm tempted to move up to a 60 honestly it's it's just consistent it's on target it's strong and he has development left in him he's, he's still going to get stronger and that arm will likely just get a little bit better and he shows consistent exit velocities in game it's just I need to see a little bit more from him, but I mean, he's already at 43. It's not like I'm knocking the guy. I just, on the offensive side, I want to see a little bit more. And if he shows that, like I said, he can jump up a bit more and I'm sold on the defense and that's what you want out of the catcher. I mean, he shows an ability to handle staffs, just every kind of pitcher he handles just on, just not really like, I, I mean, that showcases you're kind of just go to Florida supports to go out there kind of handling the best pitchers in the country. And you don't really know what they got half the time. And he shows a good job. He shows ability to handle them block and just throw guys out consistently and just work and handle the pitching staff. So, I'm excited about him and just kind of his youth just excites me most. 
Yeah, I wonder if he might be a type of player that might benefit from going to college for a couple of years because, you know, that defense is elite. But you and, and Zach Silverman, another one of our scouts, always talk about drafting catchers early and being so weary about that because you want to draft the bat early. And if the fielding is there, but the bat's not there, it's a, it's a really kind of cumbersome draft pick. So maybe would Somby, be, you know, maybe beneficial to go to Stanford and work on that bat a little bit because that defense doesn't seem like it's going to be fading away anytime soon. I think he could definitely benefit. I think a lot of, I mean, most catchers do benefit from going to college. Like you said, there's just, it's a better development for you. You have a better chance. And just a lot of times if you have these tools and you show up in college, you're going to, I mean, just kind of benefit the doubt. You're going to be going up higher in the draft. I mean, if you're being looked at, at right now and your tools just kind of tick up a little bit, there's no reason to think you won't be going in the top four or five rounds. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think he would benefit. Uh, do I think he could get drafted and succeed still? Yeah, I do. But I think he's a catcher long term. I don't think there's much question about that. Just due to the defensive kind of floor, I think the floor probably is a just kind of career backup. But if that offense does take up, he could be a starter. It just he definitely has the tools to kind of be a top kind of five round draft pick for sure. Yeah, and I know a lot of scouts have talked about Stanford, especially with that Stanford swing that doesn't really play on a major league level. But if right now we have him as a forty hit you know, any sort of development might be that bump that he needs, regardless of if it's Stanford or wherever he goes. But let's move away. Let's keep on pushing down the board. And let's uh, stop at a guy, uh, Gavin Conticello. I look at his stat, I look at his tools, and I like it. Third baseman with a 50 hit, 55 power. Tell me about Conticello. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's Conticello or Conticello, but either way, this kid can freaking rake. I'm a big fan of him. He's another young kid, not going to be 18 before the draft. And just like I said, he can he can flat out hit. He should be able to stick at third base. He's not ever going to be that kind of plus defender. I have him as a 50, but he's got a strong arm to stick there. And the bat's really what you're buying here. Again, just he shows power. It's just, it's fun power too. It's consistent. Just kind of just pull power. He does show a little bit to the opposite field side, but he shows more hitability that way. The launch angles are consistently strong for the power potential in the future. And it's just a lot to dream on. I mean, he shows up lefty lefty a little bit. He's not going to be a strong left versus left guy at this point. I don't think he's definitely got some work to do, but the fact he does show in a little bit versus, versus uh, breaking balls does give me some hope that he kind of work into at least being that average versus lefty guy where he doesn't have to just kind of stick into a platoon role. So I have some hope for him long term. And again, he's young, so there's a lot to like here. I'm looking forward to seeing that bat because like you said, that bat can absolutely play. But I wonder the next guy right behind him, Thatcher Hurd, he looks to be a local guy to you. He's a Miracosta High School. That's kind of close to you, isn't it? Yeah, he actually just transferred from a uh, – oh, man, I forgot. I can't think of the name of his last high school um, right on the top of my head. But, yeah, he literally just transferred there for this first senior season. Kind of um, if you remember in our draft podcast, P.D. Hamilton, that's exactly where he came from. And that's exactly what he did going into his, his senior year. He transferred from his, his high school, went to Miracosta to kind of just get that competition boost sure. and just kind of bump his draft stock a little bit. And that's exactly what Hurd did. Hurd actually was also committed to UCSB before transferring there. And then just in the last few weeks, he recommitted or decommitted from there and then committed to UCLA. So he's just been a lot of change-ups with him. <laughs> Yes. So, I mean, either way, I think it would have been maybe good for him to go to kind of Santa Barbara because he would have almost been not guaranteed innings, but he would have had a better chance of innings there. But, I mean, there's a reason he's ranked 46 on my board for a reason, and I'm I'm excited about this kid. And just every time I kind of see him the last few months, it's just been ticking up. He wasn't at any of the uh, like classic or anything the last that happened over the last month, but he's been on the other big events, and he's been showing up really well. 
honestly, like I'm just sold on the on the arm. It's he's got a lot of just breaking stuff. It's kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the guy we talked about earlier of Eric Hammond, just a little bit, just kind of take down a tad. The arm speed's a little lower, and just the breaking balls are there. He's got that same four pitch mix. He's shows some of the best ability to just kind of spin breaking balls in the class. I mean, he's got two breaking balls that have averaged over 2,800 RPMs with a slider and the curveball. And the only problem with him is he hasn't exactly been a starting pitcher to this point. He's kind of been a two-way guy. He's been a catcher and just kind of used as like that kind of reliever, just power guy coming for two innings and kind of just like lock in games. But now he kind of realizes his kind of calling card, I think. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be a starting pitcher this year. It kind of seems like he's starting to just kind of focus on that end. When you're not focusing, you're able to just kind of spin that breaking ball. We saw it kind of earlier. I mean, we didn't talk about a guy, but we've seen it in the class already. Jackson Job, he wasn't a pitcher and he has that ability to spin a breaking ball. And he's sitting at 15 on my board. And no one was really looking at him as a pitcher coming into the season. And at National, he just spun a few 3,000 RPM sliders. And here we go. A few minutes later, he's one of the best pitchers in the, in the country. I think Hurt has that potential. He's going to have to show it during high school, obviously. But if he shows that ability to kind of go five, six deep consistently and get that kind of 80, 90, 100 pitches, and a team can kind of dream on that and say we can kind of move that development to the next step, he's – I don't see him staying at 46. I see him honestly jumping a bit more. But it's going to take a pretty loud spring from him to kind of do that. And now I know you mentioned – you said that you kind of wanted him to stay at UCSB so he can get that innings. But if he can become a weekend pitcher at UCLA, he'll get every eye in the nation on him. Every scout will be looking at a weekend guy at UCLA. So he has all the potential in the world to do something more at UCLA. UCLA just has a freaking loaded class right now. I know, I mean, obviously they're not all going to get there. But just from SoCal alone, I mean, they have virtually any top arm is committed there. I mean, they got three guys from Jay Sarah that we talked about, Gate Jump earlier. Another guy we'll talk about later, uh, Luke Jewett's going there. Another guy we'll actually talk about later as well. All three Jay Sarah guys we're talking about today, and then they're all going to UCLA. And obviously not all of them are going to get there, and there's still more that I we won't be talking about today that are going there as well. So they got a ton of arms going there. Like I said, so it would have guaranteed him a better chance at innings, but like I said, not all of them are going to get there, so there will be innings to be had for some people, of course. Well, let's move from SoCal to NorCal. I want to jump down the list into that back 50, into that back 25 now. We're going to go to 52, Davis Diaz. He's from uh, Acalanas High School. That's outside of Sacramento, San Jose, I believe. He's committed to Vandy as a shortstop. Tell me about him. Yeah, this is one that a lot of people might be surprised to see on the list. He really doesn't play a lot of PBR or PG or even PBR events. He's kind of just really low-key and just does a lot of like USA ball. And he does a few PBR events. He did one recently, but... I mean, this kid, honestly, I, he's, he's fun. He's, he's very slick in the field. He's very just consistent. I can tell why Vandy kind of swooped him up. I mean, just kind of under the radar, quite frankly. He's, I didn't really get a ton of looks at him early, but the more I just kind of watch him and just get looks at him, I'm just completely sold. And he's just one of the more smooth players in the draft. He's not very big. He's 5'11, 170. There's some projection there. The launch angles on his bat need to kind of take up a little bit more, just kind of flat, just kind of that hit over power guy for sure right now. But I think there's some power to be had there if he can kind of just just take up the launch angle a tad, just kind of lower that bat path just a slight bit. But overall, this the ceiling is exciting. If he can just even just honestly just reach the ceiling he has right now, he'll be a big leaguer with what he's got. He's a plus defender with a 50 hit tool. With it could reach even a 55, quite frankly. And if that if that uh, power ever shows up, he's going to be very fun and. I just want to see a little bit more from him. Like I said, he hasn't been at a ton of events, so it's tough to see him against kind of top competition right now, especially with USA ball just not really being a thing. So it's it's an interesting kind of profile to kind of watch and compare and just watch kind of develop as we kind of just see stuff kind of fall out with him. 
Yeah, now he is actually the second Vandy shortstop in this list because Jordan Lawler, number one overall. Now, granted, Lawler's likely going to be swayed away with some big money bonus at the top of the draft. But in case he doesn't take that bonus, Diaz is a 60-grade fielder playing shortstop, and he's probably not going to play short. He'll probably have to move to a different position to let Lawler play short. Yeah, and we also skipped over another guy, Rob Gordon, who's at number 40. He's also a shortstop committed to Vanderbilt. So, I mean, shocker. I mean, <laughs> Vanderbilt committed great or has great commits. You know, I mean, it's not a big shock there. They did great. And there's even more that we're not going to talk about today that are on the top 75 that are just committed there. And they're, I mean, we're going to talk about the next guy next. I mean, I'll just go right into him. Now, the next guy at 54 is Anthony Migliasio. And another guy that some people might be shocked to see on the top 75, but. Because he doesn't really have a set position, but I don't doesn't really bother me because he shows the athleticism to kind of fit where you almost need him. I think the catcher has some ability. A lot of people don't think he has some it's kind of a future back there. But I think the athleticism is enough to kind of just give it a shot for sure. And he does show tools back there. He shows a fine arm, he shows decent pop time that's not outstanding, but he also hasn't really committed to the position ever. So if he commits to the position, I think there can be a lot of potential there. It's just you gotta give him definitely like a year or two to kind of just see how that kind of gauges and see how it kind of progresses. But it could be a slow development, but if, if it doesn't pan out, he can go play third. He can go play left. He can play right. He can even maybe fill in at center. I wouldn't count on it. And it's just an exciting profile overall. So this kind of reminds me of Harry Ford's profile from earlier. He, he, is he, he seems to be like a Dalton Varsho type. Yeah, it's just you don't you don't know if he can stick a catcher. Obviously, like I've been saying, it's just that's the kind of question mark. So you, if he can stick a catcher, he has that exact same kind of, kind of comparison as those guys. Obviously, you don't he won't have that kind of defense, in my opinion, as Harry Ford. At least, obviously, right now, Harry Ford has that potential plus defense right now with at least a fifty five. And I would I would, I would put Migley also kind of at a fifty defender at catcher. Well, probably a forty five right now, and then kind of growing to a potential forty five, but. I, there's a lot of potential here, like you said. There's definitely that kind of potential to see of our show in the future. Yeah, well, I, I love position flexibility. You know, one of my favorite players is a very relative unknown player outside of the Ranger circles, Isaiah Kinnerfalafa. I love what he does. I love that position flexibility that he can play out infield, outfield, and catcher, and that's exactly what Anthony can do here. So any team that has the chance to get him will have a very flexible player that they can slot in anywhere in the lineup. So I, I appreciate what he has to offer. Is there anyone out left in the top 60 now? We're at 54 with Migliasio. Is there anyone outside of the outside of 54, 54 to 60 that you want to hit on before I move out of this into the 60s? Justin Javier Colon Jaime. For all you uh, keeping track at home, I'll let you write that down real quick. But JJCJ. Yeah, he. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> he's a fun one. I mean, I'll just kind of throw it out there. I'll probably get bashed for it, but just kind of when you look at the guy, he kind of just reminds you a bit of just kind of the body and just kind of the game a little bit. He doesn't probably have the power of it, but it just reminds you a bit of Carlos Correa. It just kind of just keeps coming back to me. I don't think it's going to be that potential, obviously. That's why I said I'll probably get knocked for it. But just kind of when you look at him, just kind of field and stuff, he just looks out there. Just He doesn't have that, just like I said, doesn't have that kind of plus power. as has 55, doesn't have that plus fielding. It's just the feel just kind of has that to him. He's a Puerto Rican kid. He's kind of living out in Florida right now, but he just has that same kind of vibe to him a little bit. He's young. He's going to be 18 at draft day. He's not going to be going no one one or anything like Correa did but he should be a top five round pick for sure and I mean he's got that potential he's got if that power can kind of take up a bit even more there's an exciting profile here and it might not reach the career potential it's not really an exact comp it's just kind of a he just for some reason just reminds me of him every time I see him it just for some reason I just see Correa I don't know why 
Well, okay. I, I like what I like what Justin Javier Colon Jaime has to offer. I the name is gonna be a struggle for me. There's just too many too many J's there. I'm already a John. I'm already the J. There are too many J's in the world. We can't have this, but let's move on. We talked about Thousand Oaks High School earlier being kind of that alumni prodigy here. The next guy that I want to talk about is Bishop Gorman. First name that pops into my mind is Bryce freaking Harper. What is Tyler Whitaker doing? Can I say Bryce Harper here? Is he anything like Bryce Harper? Uh, no, he's not Bryce Harper, but okay. he's a good player in his own right. I mean, I got a few looks at him back at a, a tournament, and he's just exciting. Like, when you just kind of look at him, he just got a, a bunch of plus tools that just kind of pop at you from the raw power, just to the game power from the arm, even the, the speed shows plus right now. And he shows center field ability. He kind of just reminds me a bit of George Springer from the, again, another Astros guy, but... If that, the hit tool is a one concern a bit. He kind of, at times, gets a little out of his shoes. But the power showed up crazy good this offseason or this uh, this summer. And he's had some times where he's going up against college pitching at times as well. And he's showing up well and showing up good. And he's he's showing power. I mean, consistently, pull power. He's not always facing the best con or competition. But the power is legit. And so is the speed. And the arm is as well. And when you have three plus tools, it's tough to ignore. It's tough to ignore any plus tools. But when you have three, sure. it's pretty tough to ignore i mean i i might be a little low on him at 63 on the board he's a little older for the class he's 18.9 kind of like lawler is but i mean he has that center field ability so i might be again i might be a little low on him maybe he should be a little bit higher but it's kind of just where i had him right now but he's six foot four with 190 he still has some projection left and it's just all around just a pretty exciting profile i uh and don't i mean you have the three plus tools the 50 grade fielding Perfectly average out there. Granted, it's not plus, but like nothing to slouch off at. That hit tool is the only thing that really needs to come around. And if he comes around, that is a beautiful uh, tool set that he has. But let's go. You know what? Let's go ahead. And you mentioned the rest of those Jay Sarah guys that are committed to UCLA. Let's just talk about them now. We got 67 Eric Silva and 74 Luke Jewett. Uh, talk about Silva first. What do you have on him? He's a pitcher, six foot. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's he's an exciting profile. He's another kid that kind of just transferred, um, just right, before, just actually a few months ago, or not even a few months ago, just really recently, he transferred to Jay Sarah. He was playing in the uh, an old company or an old division that I played in back in the back when I played high school baseball. But he transferred out. He wanted to go to the uh, Trinity League, where a lot of the top talent in SoCal plays. And he joined, like we said earlier, he joined Luke Jewett and he joined uh, Gage Jump, and he's gonna fit into the rotation. And they got. Honestly, the three probably the three best pitchers in California on the same high school rotation, which is just pretty crazy in itself. But yeah, just stick to Silva. I mean, he's he's exciting. He's got a fun fastball. He's got great extension. He touches ninety five. He sits about ninety one, ninety three. But there'll be a little bit more in there. He's he's another just not a big frame, six foot one eighty, but he uses it well. Another kind of guy, just like gut, like jump. He gets that great extension and in a smaller frame, it plays up, and he gets a ton of swing and misses. The changeup, he's got great feel for it. And same with the curveball. He, he shows good feel for his, both his off-speed pitches. He'll go to them. The command at times kind of spots – or is a, is, a, is a bit spotty. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It does go away from at times. But, again, he's a young pitcher. And it's just – I mean, like a lot of these young pitchers, a lot of them have command issues. And you just kind of – can they project forward with command? I think he does. I was a 45 right now. But I think he can get he can get to that 50 in the long run. And if he does, he's got enough to, in my opinion, stick as a starter, as a three-pitch guy. Because the three pitches is good enough, in my opinion, to, to us stick. So now, so Silva needs to work on that command, but he has the other three pitches. So it looks like Jewett already has 50-grade command. Maybe he needs to work on his pitching a little bit. What do you have on Jewett? 
Yeah, and actually, I just forgot to touch on one real, real quick thing on Silva. He's oh, actually yeah. coming back from an arm injury, I'm pretty sure. So he's, he's back now, but I'm, he kind of missed some time in the offseason a bit. So it's, he wasn't exactly an unknown. I've known him from last year, and other people have as well. He's been a top prospect and all, but he just hasn't had a ton of time to kind of show those skills this offseason. So there is room, again, for him to kind of just jump up the boards as well. He's one of those guys that you can see kind of climbing a bit, especially with his kind of competition boost. But moving into Jewett, his teammate... He's a guy kind of like I touched on earlier, kind of like how Thatcher Hurd was. He has, he doesn't show that kind of reliever profile at the moment, maybe because of just not having that consistent workload as a starter. But Jewett was a catcher. He still works as an outfielder a bit. He kind of shows some two way potential. I don't think he's going to be a two way guy, honestly. I think he's, I think he's built for a pitcher now. I think he hasn't really focused on the pitching. He was a pitcher last year. He was kind of just that extra kind of reliever last year they had, just kind of like lock up games a bit at Jay Sarah, but. He's going to get a much better chance to start this year. He started some games last year, but he's going to get a consistent chance to start this year with that rotation they got. Like I said, it's kind of a similar profile as uh, as Silva. He's a bigger kid. He's six foot three. He's got a few inches on him, but a similar fastball, and he's got a curveball. He's got to work on. It's a, it's definitely a bit um, lower than Silva's got, but his changeups it's still great as a fifty five. But I would take his changeup over Silva's right now. His changeups pretty good. He'll use it for his lefties and righties, and like you said, the command takes up a bit. And he just he's just consistently pounding arm side fastballs and his change of play is very well off of it. And I'm just sold. I mean, he's got good arm speed, he maintains it through his changeup. Just with his focus kind of not completely beyond pitching now, like I said, because he's kind of still doing that two way thing, but kind of just shifting that focus more towards the pitching, I think we're gonna start seeing that stuff take up a bit. And again, another one of those guys that we could see kind of just slowly kind of creep up the board, but just again with all these right-handed right or right-handed high schooler guys, you mm-hmm. there's always that risk as there are with those catchers. It's just a tough projection. It's a long projection time, and it's tough to kind of project them forward. But when kids got good stuff, kids got good stuff, and not all of them are gonna gonna get to college, and some of them will get signed, and we'll see. I mean, Jewett's gonna have that pickup in velocity likely as well, so he'll be a fun arm to watch. Well, promise me you go to some Jay Sarah games this year because there are gonna be some studs on the field. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm there every year. They got talent each and every year. We didn't talk on another one earlier, but number 27 on the board, Cody Schreier, he's their shortstop, and he's been their shortstop for a few years now, and he's one of the better shortstops in the draft, let alone just California. But, yeah, I mean, their, their team's loaded. They got even more guys going D1 and even draft eligible and all that. They're loaded, and every game they play as well is just loaded with talent. It's it's fun to be down here. Sure, yeah. I, uh, I I'm curious about this next guy. The very last guy in the top 75. Because when you look at this top 75, the top 74 are filled with uh, high school players from California, Florida, Georgia, Texas, North Carolina, these actual, like Tennessee, these baseball states, these states that are consistently churning out numbers and numbers and numbers of high school and major league prospects. Number 75 is Chase Mason, outfielder from South Dakota with 70 raw power. This is wild to me. South Dakota has no competition. No offense, people of South Dakota, but there is no high school baseball competition there. (laughs) And this guy has a real chance of being something special. What can you tell me about Chase Mason? Like you said, he has a chance to be special. He has a chance to be kind of just that lots of potential and just whatever happens with you happens. But I think there's something here, quite frankly, if you remember last year, we had kind of just the guy that popped up out of nowhere in the draft. And we're all like, who the hell is this guy just getting drafted by the Texas Rangers? And we all had to kind of go search him up. And his name was Evan Carter. And we found out he was a pretty good hitter. Obviously he still has got a kind of debut and all, but we all kind of just from the tape and all we see, he looks like a good hitter. Looks like the Rangers made a decent pick, obviously underrated, but 
we'll see how it turns out. But I think he kind of has that same just kind of potential. I mean, just kind of just pop up on random. Like you said, South Dakota is in a place you're really looking for prospects. And he's the only uncommitted player as well on the top 75. There's kind of talk he's being talked with uh, some big, big 10 schools and SEC schools as well. But at the moment, he's uncommitted. He's a three four. He's a three sport guy. He plays QB. He's a kind of a, just a dual threat QB. He plays. He plays basketball. He's just athletic, kind of just guard forward. He just dunks. He's just all around three sport athlete. I mean, he's in South Dakota. He's just just all around superstar. I mean, in another state, I'm sure he would be very good athlete and all. I'm not sure he'd be the superstar, but I mean, I'm I'm still sold on the skill set. Quite frankly, I mean, doesn't matter where you play, the speed doesn't change, the arm doesn't change, your fielding won't change. So, I mean, he's not a plus fielder. He's a 50 fielder in a corner outfield. He's a right field profile with the arm. He's a 60, a 60 arm. He's got a chance for him to be a weapon out there in the outfield with that arm. And then you move to the speed. And like I said, the speed's not going to change because he's moving out of South Dakota. The speed's going to stay there. And when you're six foot four with the potential 70 raw power and you're running a, a six foot or a six, six, 60 yard dash, I mean, there's a lot to just kind of dream on there in general obviously i haven't got to the hit tool right now the hit tool is the one big concern it's a 35 plus right now and it's a lot of just like we've said it's just a lot of unknown what can this guy kind of do against good competition he kind of travels a bit to kind of get in some competition he'll go to minnesota a bit to kind of just play in some tournaments plans and just kind of showcase and stuff just kind of get his name out there a bit but for the ones paying attention, I mean, he's exciting and he has that potential to rise up. I mean, when you when you have left-handed power like this, you pay attention. When you have athletic athletic power, athletic left-handed power like this, with good speed, good arm, you definitely pay attention. He kind of just as another guy earlier up in the draft, uh, Isaac Pacheco. I have him at uh, twenty-three. Isaac Pacheco is a much better player overall, but he has that similar thirty-five plus hit tool with a seventy raw power and seventy game power, but. He has that ability to kind of stick at third base with a plus glove. Mason's a right field profile, so that's why you find him a little bit more down here. But yeah, I mean, this skill sets, I could talk about him for a much longer, but I'll kind of <laughs> leave it at that and let everyone else kind of try to find much tape on him because there's not much out there. But the little you can find is pretty exciting. And yeah, I think this could be a fun year for him. He reminds me of Kalai Rosario, the uh, outfielder who got drafted out of Hawaii by the Twins in the fifth round. No competition in his high school time. So you you look at him, you're like, okay, well, I guess he's fine. And then you see the home run power. It's prodigious. And you're like, okay, well, this guy is actually very, very good. He, he doesn't have that kind of high name that Rosario had because Rosario was competing in those home run derbies uh, for, for a couple mm-hmm. years. But Mason does have this serious tool set that I, uh, I look forward to seeing where he chooses to go to college, where he chooses to commit, and then if he ends up getting drafted and, and if he just goes and pushes his way through affiliated ball and improves that low hit tool. Um, he is on my proverbial list of people to look out for later. But Jake, that is it. That is the top 75. We hit on a lot of names today, and I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you for this. This is an incredible list. Where can people see this list? Yeah, you can find the list on our website, of course, as always, prospectsworldwide.com. You can just kind of scroll through the uh, top scroll bar, just kind of look for the MLB draft section and go to the MLB draft uh, 2021 section. And it should be right there. One of the first few articles uh, right now, it should be up top. But um, yeah, I mean, we got, like I said, it's the top 75 list. We only went over the top uh, few guys right now, but there's 40 profiles up there right now where this list will grow into about a top 150, 200 or so over time. It'll take some time, obviously, to kind of get the college mixed in and then obviously some more high school guys as well. 
And we'll be back kind of in a few months, maybe in a month and a half or so. We're not sure exactly when, but it'll be, we're going to grind it out and it'll be soon. And until then, you can kind of just check out those. We got, I mean, probably seven other articles with 20, 30, 40, even the PG net or the PG um, all American classic had 54 write-ups on every single athlete there. So if you're just trying to get draft knowledge, just information on any of these draft kids, just head over to our site, check out the articles and you'll get a ton of information pretty quickly on a lot of these guys. Yeah. Now Jake, they're going to go to the site. I know they are. They're going to go to the site and they're going to look at stuff. And then when they ask you questions, where can they ask you questions? Uh, good, good question by you. They can ask me questions on Twitter. Uh, Jake Tillinghast two seven. At J-T-I-L-L-I-N-G-H-A-S-T-2-7. And yeah, like always just feel free to ask me draft questions if you have a question on a prospect that you want just an opinion on or my thoughts or anything. Honestly, just feel free to hit me up. Prospects, draft related, anything. I'd be happy to answer the question. I'd be happy to answer the question and just kind of get more information out there for the draft. I love the draft and I just love getting kind of more information out there for these kids. I think more exposure for them is the better and... It's just a fun time for me to just kind of dig into them. It's fun. Jake, thank you for coming in. <laughs> this was a fun one, man. This was uh, an exciting little thing to do offhand. We're in the middle of these top 20s. These Every single team has a top 20. We're going through. We're going through. This is a fun thing to break it up. I'm glad you brought this to my attention today. Yeah, I, I got it out and I was thinking, well, we might as well do a podcast. A podcast is growing and it should be going better. All of you that are listening should be subscribing and reviewing and all that goodies for us so we can continue to give you these great podcasts. But yeah, I mean, we're looking to have more draft podcasts. Like we said, we wanted to get more into it. We've just been kind of grinding out these uh, top 20s. But now we're kind of winding down slowly and me and a few of the others are kind of getting deep in the draft prospects so we'll have a lot more kind of coming at your way soon we'll have some more uh college guys as well kind of get you introduced to those guys as well so just kind of stay tuned yeah well guys as always i'm john giles and you can follow me at puma revive that's p-u-m-a-r-e-v-i-v-e-d and please continue listening to our pod and giving us those good reviews if you have any questions like jake said please refer them to jake because i am not good at answering questions about high school baseball players i don't know very much at all I will always refer back to Jake for that. I look forward to sending those questions over to him, and I'm happy to ask them next time. Thanks for listening today. I'm John Giles, and this is Prospects Worldwide.